this year, you were. <laughs> I feel so self-conscious. <laughs> I was raised getting the things I want, but I learned that that had to change. And and it's interesting that it took me so long for me to realize that's what's wrong. A lot of these business traits. Before, I never like really thought about them being classified as like male or female. I just thought like, okay, it's successful. Yeah, confidence, <laughs> success, confidence, being yeah, successful. Yeah, assertiveness, maybe a little bit of aggression, like yeah. all these things. This episode, I invited my friend who I've known since high school. We also went to university together. And this is the first time I've seen her since almost a year because she has been going on exchanges in different countries, and she was back home for a little bit where we got a chance to chat and catch up and talk about things that's been on our minds and in our lives. I've always wanted to record an episode with her, so this was our first. Trial and hopefully I'll have her back on in the future for more episodes. Yay. <laughs> I feel like I realized so much about myself this year, and the simplest way to summarize is that I feel like I was so self-centered.、Mm. And maybe it doesn't come across to you or to my friends. But I feel like, just like my world revolved around me so much. It still revolves around me now, but I think I'm just a lot more chill,、mm-hmm. and I think that's what changed on the surface. But then deep down, I think it comes from me being less self-centered.、Mm-hmm. I think I was super self-centered when I started dating. What makes you like? What did? How did you realize that? It's just like. Like I had to be in control of everything, or like everything、oh, made me so anxious. Interesting. Yeah. But how does that relate to being self-centered and not just like a fear of losing control or like a fear of not knowing, like a, like a fear of the unknown? You know. I feel like it's connected because having the urge to control everything or feel like you need to or you can do that, it's just giving too much credit to yourself and not kind of just following the flow or、yeah. like letting things go, feeling more at peace with. Yeah, just like so. feeling like you're just a bystander in what's happening around you. Yeah, I feel like that would also let go of a lot of anxiety. And I'm just enjoying.、Um, for example, now I'm selling my stuff. I'm enjoying selling my stuff because I think it's an interesting experiment to see how little I can live with. Hmm. Because at first I was. Adding in the posting that must be picked up like in between these two dates because I don't I want to keep using it until the last. Oh,、days. I see, I see, yeah. But now I'm just like, if someone is interested, I just sell it as soon as I can. Okay. Not entirely, but like I'm more okay with just selling it, even though I still have like ten days to live、mm. here. And for example, I sold my mirror and which I use every day. Wow. I sold my bathroom scale which I use every day. Yeah. And I think they're way more. Than just the items themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I feel like I also hold a lot of attachment to. I don't know, like for you, if it's like you, you know, the bathroom skill is important because 
because you I want check to, my weight. I want because, to control yeah, my weight. Because you want to control things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like, I feel very, very emotionally attached to objects, which you、mm. shouldn't be. This is also why like, I've been、uh, moving away from the idea of like, getting gifts, like getting physical gifts. Yes, I think it's、yes. good to know that they want something for sure. True. So you get them gift cards instead? Gift or... cards or like, things I know for sure they want, or, like, if it, or food or experience. Yeah, experience yeah. is a really good gift,、yeah. actually, I found. I've been trying to move in that direction as well. Because, like, even if you, know, you get a gift to someone, they, you don't know if they like it.、Mm-hmm. But if it was like a physical object, they might not know what to do with it. So they might throw it、yeah. or just keep it in their house. Yeah,、the、if I buy them something I'm not sure that they'll like, I always include a receipt. That's good. Yeah. But back to the bathroom skill thing. I feel like that's very symbolic because I'm not planning to get another scale. Anyway,、oh, so、like, I'm gonna try okay, to. Okay. I think I'm so much happier. I mean, it's only been like a few days. Like, only be like a day or two. Yeah. But I feel like lighter just、wow. not having it. I didn't even know that you would still continue to do that. Oh, I still, I still、um, measure myself every day,、wow. multiple times a day sometimes, and that will dictate my mood of the day. Wow. Yeah. I have an unhealthy obsession with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad I sold it.、Um, at first, I was worried. Like, my first instinct is that if I sell it, I'm going to lose control of my weight because I'm not going to be able to tell. Mm hmm. But actually, I'm pretty sure my weight is not gonna change much the times that I'm not measuring. Now I can't base my judgment on the number. I have to actually just follow how I feel.、Um, I would know if I ate too much and I'm uncomfortable or if I starved myself today. So I have to rely on how I feel versus the number.、Mm-hmm. And it feels good to not have to worry about it. And、yeah. You've come so far, but it's still so bizarre to、it、me.、Is. Like how I was saying before, you were talking about like doing keto diets or whatever, and I thought that was like bizarre. Bizarre. Not bizarre, like in the sense like no one ever does this, but yeah, just like but... I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to do that personally. Yeah, so I was talking about getting rid of stuff. Why, did, why was I talking about getting rid of stuff? Because it feels good. <laughs> oh, because it was challenging for you before, or maybe. Oh, like... yeah, like the control thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, this brings up to a thing that I, I've had it on, the, on my notes to discuss with you for a long time.、Okay. And I, this is about an event、uh, that we both went to. And it's a very small thing, but I think it shows how I've grown.、Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a Christmas market that <gasps> oh, we, we、okay. kind of went on a double date. Yes. Yeah. Two years ago or last year? Two years ago. Okay. So, we bought the tickets online and we bought it including the mugs.、Mm-hmm. And so, when we went there to get the ticket, we could like get Christmas market mugs. And I didn't like the mugs that they had for this year. And I saw the other mugs they have on display、mm-hmm. that were from previous years. So, I said if I could get those ones instead.、Okay. And I assumed that it's going to be okay because. This year's is supposed to be the more expensive one, right? Right. So I just, yeah, so I just basically was asking the clerk or the staff if I could exchange my new mugs for last year's. Okay. And、yeah. they were just saying, no, like we can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, I don't remember exactly what or how I said it, but I was just trying to argue with them and try to reason with them, like why they should let me have、okay. it, right? And then、uh, my ex was just like, 
pulling me away. He's just like, it's okay. Like, oh, no, no, no. Like, it gave me the vibe that he was embarrassed of yeah, the situation. Yeah. And, but I expected him to, like, try to help me get the mugs I want. Like, be supportive. Yeah, yeah. Or try to, like, help me reason. Now I see both sides. It's very obvious, but I was upset at him because the way he was, like, pulling me away made me feel like, He's embarrassed, or he's not supportive, you know. Yeah. So I yeah. felt like heard that he's not okay, on my side. Yeah. And we talked about it a while later. My takeaway from our discussion afterwards is that he thought the way I was asking was not gonna get me those things, and、okay. the reason he pulled me away is that he thinks I already lost them. Like I'm not gonna have it, no matter what. He's more street smart in some ways, and he's more in touch with like the retail, the service industry, like how people interact. And I think I used to be a lot more out of touch with that.、Mm. To me, it's just like me and them. Like I'm trying to get something from them, and、okay. I never really had experience being on the other side. Yeah. Basically, he wasn't upset at the fact that I wanted to get something that I wasn't supposed to get. He just gave up on that situation because he thought that. Um, the way I was going about it wasn't going to get me it. That's why he wanted to get out of there.、Mm-hmm. What he also said is that I asked for things like I have to have them, and that doesn't get me the things I want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now when I'm asking for things like when I'm interacting with people or like I asked in a way that's more like, would it be okay? Like, do you think you can help me with that? Like, but if it's not, it's okay.、Mm. It's more that vibe. Okay. It's not in those exact words, but. The energy I I give across is different, right? Okay, like yeah, less.、Mm, I don't want to use the word pushy, but like, like yeah, pushy, demanding, or like entitled. I guess, right, right, yeah,、okay. yeah. Because I guess your goals are still the same. You still want、yeah. this, but you just. I feel like it's even less straightforward. Like,、um, I guess it's just less annoying in、mm. general. But I wasn't aware of it. My intention wasn't to come across as like pushy or yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is a cultural difference. It、actually. is. It is definitely. I thought about、mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Because listening to your story, I feel like I mostly saw John's perspective, and it made me think of like experiences I've had going out with like my parents, <laughs> for、mm-hmm. example. And、uh, like when we first came to Canada. They try to like bargain in malls, like shopping malls, you know, like with you know customer representatives. Like they're obviously not in control of the prices and stuff. So that was obviously wrong,、mm-hmm. but they didn't have bad intentions or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just, I agree.、Yeah. It's, it's a cultural thing. It's just a way that I was raised. Getting the things I want was、mm-hmm. the way like I do now. But I learned that that had to change. And and it's interesting that it took me so long. Like took me living here seven eight years, and. To be in a relationship for me to realize that that's what's wrong with、mm. the way I was doing things, not、Or、wrong, wrong. not helping me achieving my goal. At least in this context, in the yeah, Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada, because I think in other parts of the world you might really have to be persistent. Yeah, and now I'm、be. uncomfortable being in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what. That's what. You can't be on both sides. I feel exactly. Like. <laughs> <You know? laughs> At least, like, I wasn't aware of it before.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to just look at the thing I want and. Think about the person who's I'm trying to ask for help from, and think about what they can do realistically for me,、mm. and not just like I want this, so someone has to help me get this. 
And that's what I mean by like less self-centered. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask how how you're gonna tie this back to being self-centered. But I don't know if that's really being self-centered or just like adjusting to like a different way of interacting with people like in public. It's just customs. Like I really think it's cultural to act this way because, hmm. For example, like being nice to like a, your waiter or whatever in a mm-hmm. restaurant, like they're nice to you. And that's part of like, you know, the restaurant image. That's part of like their company training or whatever. That's just part of the culture here. And so you're polite back to them. Like, well, we go to restaurants. Like sometimes I'm embarrassed, but like my parents are like, they're very like, okay, give me this, give me that. Like they mm-hmm. use language that's very mm-hmm. direct and not super polite or friendly. They skip the formalities. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like maybe the waiters or waitresses might be like shocked or offended by this. But then when I was in Singapore, you go order from like a food place and the, the waiter is the one being like, come on, hurry up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have all day, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like to a Westerner like me, I felt very shocked by that. I was like, oh, that's so rude or whatever. But then you realize like, that's just, that's just the way they interact. And so when you put like, for example, my parents and those kind of waiters together, it's the perfect mm-hmm. balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. direct straight to the point. And that would go well together. But they would think that me being like slow, being like super wordy, verbose, like that's just, you're just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Right. And they would want me to adapt that way. Mm-hmm. Where here they want you to like become more patient or like make more polite i don't know if it reflects your character though i don't know if it reflects being like selfish i feel like it's the white with the waiter thing is slightly different like both ways are just like formalities like the thing that i had to change was how when there's a conflict like when there's something that i want to get or want to mm. change and the way i go about getting that yeah I guess I haven't seen how you interact. I'm not exactly sure, like, what at what line mm-hmm. you're drawing this from. No, I'm not, like, rude or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that... Maybe it's more of an internal thing. Just how you feel has changed. How you feel you act towards people have changed. It's just more so... If I want something, I make it very obvious. Like, I really want it. Like, like and I uh, didn't even do, like, the impression of me, like, Ugh, like this kind <laughs> of, like, yeah. Okay. I think it's also part of, like, a single child... Being a single child. Entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And if I don't get it, then I'm, like, really upset. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't get over it. I don't just I don't just let it go. I see, I see. Yeah. I wonder if I'm like that, too. I feel like I might I be without knowing like it. I don't think you're like that. Mm, I feel like I understand what it feels like to be upset at not getting what you want. And to kind of, like, sulk over it or have a lot of, like, anger or complaints. Well, you are the baby of the family, so... <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like being called that because I always felt like I wasn't. If anything, my older brother was the baby. Oh really? <laughs> okay. I was always the mature kid, you know, the one really? that my parents would be like, "Oh, look at your sister. She's so good. Why can't you be more like her?" Oh, so you're the leader, in a sense. Okay, I think that also was part of my character building all throughout elementary school, which I think are very important years of your life. I was like the class president and yeah, the star yeah. student and all the teachers were like, like, oh, look at go, 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 Yeah. And I think that all played into part of like, I could get something that I want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that, I mean, not just Asian cultures, but like a lot of educational institutes, they really praise traits that are not good for you. Like they yeah. praise obedience and they praise being quiet and being like, self-contained or not energetic you know i think i think those traits were really fostered in me as a kid because of like that's what i would receive praise for 
Like, okay. oh, she doesn't cry or she doesn't speak out. Or not speak out, but she doesn't complain or whatever. But that just meant, like, I had to mm-hmm. suppress all of my yeah, yeah, thoughts yeah, that yeah, were yeah. considered bad or, like, annoying. Especially for girls, too. I was thinking about this today because I was listening to St. Laval's podcast. He had a podcast for, like, a little while. Oh, wow. Called Palestinian Excellence, where he interviews, like, successful people from Palestine. Yeah. And I was listening to the first episode. It was very interesting. Like, I really liked the guest and how she spoke. Mm-hmm. It's so engaging to me, and I'm like so willing to learn about all this stuff, yeah. even though I had no, I had so little knowledge of it. Yeah. But it's so interesting. I'm just absorbing this information. Yeah. And I remember that back in middle school in China, we had social studies class where I am pretty sure we talked about like Middle East and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was not paying any attention and. Mm. I wasn't paying attention in socials class or like politics class because I thought these are not useful subjects because my university or whatever is not going to depend on these subjects. Yeah. And I think it's really sad and it's the missing part of our my education, at least growing up, is that it was so hard to learn these things as a kid in a vacuum where you had no context or no personal relation. They're just being told, oh, this happened in the Middle East. And then you're like, okay, whatever, like... I can't mm-hmm. relate or imagine or it, I don't care about it. Right. I right. only do it because I need it for the test or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's not your fault. I think that's the fault yeah, of the pressures that society but places I, on. But I think it's really sad because I really want to go back to those classes and listen to what the right, teacher was right. saying now. Yeah. Yeah. And But as a kid, there's no... I was thinking what could have been different to make me more interested. And then maybe if I traveled around the world more and saw like people or I like, connected with people mm. or whatever... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's that realistic, especially traveling around the world is a privilege for, yeah, much privilege. So, especially yeah. for a young kid. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, it's, it's your story, so you have more say, but in my opinion, like systematically, the the biggest issue is, is the pressure that like students face mm. on academics that mm-hmm. takes away from the actual learning. Mm. I mean, I think I remember taking like history classes in grade nine, ten, and back then I hadn't really like traveled much, but it was still like very easy for me. And I think this is like my biggest thing that I'm grateful for for having studied in Canada instead of anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. is that like back then I really loved learning before IB kicked in, before like mm. I don't know pressures of university and stuff. Like you can really, really get absorbed into it just because it's like it's relevant, and even if you've never been to these places, you can still at least the way it was taught. Like you can still kind of place yourself in those shoes, oh. and like it, it becomes a story for you. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's just part of the world that you can experience through. I don't stories. think I learned like that. I think because in China the academic pressure and everything. Yeah. Maybe in elementary school, I feel like some science classes were like that, but most of my education, it's like I learn because I want to get a good, good grade. grades. Yeah. Oh. God. And I don't think it was, I was learning that much. To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. And especially in middle school too. Cause here, I know, I remember in grade, in elementary school, your grades were like, I think they were letters like G for good, E for excellent. And they weren't so much how well you understood the subjects. There's no test or anything. I think it was more like how engaged you were in it. So they marked on that. And I don't think I ever read my report cards. It was just like, oh, this is what you hand off to your parents. Middle school, we had letter grades, but that was also very much based on participation. There's almost no tests, except for like maybe in math class. It's only in high school that we'd get like 
grades with numbers like 90 whatever percent i had grades since elementary school that's crazy that's, that's the biggest thing like they really make it too quantified you know and now like, i know it's way worse now because really I, yeah wow in china at least you think it's gotten worse yeah it's way more competitive like in elementary school yes we got grades but it's not like if i get a bad grade once like I would have slaps in my hand sometimes. But wow. Yeah, but that's more towards older grade, like um, higher grades. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like grade one to three, it didn't really matter that much. Wow. Even though I always had good grades in elementary school. Yeah. But nowadays, I feel like it's like grade one, even before you go into grade one, you have to pass exams or like to see how well you did on tests to yeah. get into elementary schools. Yeah, yeah. So it's way more that's crazy. competitive. Okay, the last... Before we go too deep into this, I'll just say the last thing about this subject, and we can go back to the podcast. But, like, I watched a video yesterday. It was updating, like, it was from South China. They've visited um, this rural village in Yunnan province for quite a few years now, following the story of that, like, viral ice boy picture. Like, that picture of a, a little kid in the winter, and his hair is all, like, oh, frozen. Oh, and he's trying to go to school. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they visit his family a lot. And then this most recent video was just updating their life. And they interviewed his sister, who's like 16 and in high school now. And she's like, I was pretty lucky I got placed in the top class of my high school. But I'm at the lowest and I'm always getting like chastised about it, especially for my teacher. Um, my teacher always calls me out. She says that I don't try, even though I feel very strongly like I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And she says, like, don't lie to me. I know you're not trying, even though she definitely is. Like, she says that. And you can obviously tell because... Well, I don't know, because, like, they have nothing else to do, right? She gets sent to this school with, like, not enough money to eat, so she skips dinner. She's always studying. But you can clearly, clearly tell, like, it's systematically disadvantaged for her compared to her classmates because of, like, financial situation, because of, like, family at home, Mm -hmm. because of, like, this and that. She has other responsibilities and, like, malnourishment, right? And the system is so, so imbalanced because you can only be successful if you are in the right conditions, the right environment, like, parents who can't financially support you to go to cram school or to make sure you don't have other responsibilities. Mm-hmm, you don't work mm-hmm, a part-time job. Mm-hmm. You don't take care of younger siblings or like mm-hmm. older grandparents, mm-hmm. whatever. So no, what you're describing is like the teacher calling less performance students out. It sounds like a, my elementary school. And I, what does you do? Like, I don't think it really helps at all. Yeah. I don't think it does anything. I feel like it's a very emotional thing. Like the teachers just do it because they take out their frustration. Or? Yeah. They're frustrated or. I, I don't understand it either. Yeah. And I also read, I don't know if um this is true in China. I think I read it about Korean schools. Maybe it's also similar in China. But there's like a whole social ranking that occurs that's tied to your grades as well. Right? Like if you are both rich and you get good grades and you're popular, that comes together usually. And at the lowest of the class, not only are you like so you have the worst performing grades, but you're also generally like you have few friends and like the teacher doesn't like you and you're also poor. And like because of that like combined grouping of disadvantages, like you become like a scapegoat for other students maybe to bully on and maybe also for teachers to like vent out their frustrations or like blame things yeah. on them. It's just like there's a whole social hierarchy and it's very much linked with grades and stuff. That's exactly like my elementary school. Yeah, the the kids become scapegoat, but I think, to be honest, the teachers were the biggest bullies because they're always like, you're stupid or like straight up like that. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah. And I think that's so normal. And and I remember one girl especially, 
um, cause we kind of hung out together more often and, uh, I was also at times paired with her to help her get better, yeah. get better at her schoolwork. And she come from like less privileged family. And I remember the teacher calling her out like, Oh, you know, your parents are already sweeping the street. What are you going to do if you don't study well? You're just going to end up like sweeping the street or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Not only shaming yeah. you, but also your parents. Yeah. Like, and I can't even, yeah. and she's always super quiet, like never talks back or sometimes she seems like a little like numb. I wonder like, what's it like just going through like that? Yeah. It's, yeah, you must like have fear going to school. Wow. But she seems kind of unbothered to be honest. And I don't know where she's at now, but you don't talk to her anymore. No, we don't. We didn't talk after graduating elementary school. Mm. Just can't imagine what it's gonna be like. Be and at the same time, like students like me would be like, everyone should uh, listen to like see what she's doing and stuff like that. Just giving me all these praises. Yeah. Wow. I just can't imagine all the <laughs> trauma this packs on to everyone yeah. that experiences this. Yeah, North America has been opening up about, like, talking about mental health and recognizing, like, toxic behaviors and, like, learning how to distance yourself from people or things that are not good for you. And you suddenly sound so formal, like, in North America. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess it's like, I can only talk about these things because I haven't really lived them. Mm -hmm. So I just compare it, like, very broadly. I think all of the kind of is rooted in a lack of respect for kids mm. or for people in general is but especially for children interesting in China. yeah but china's so like there's a whole culture of being obedient like, to the elders yeah oh yeah 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 true 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 i was gonna say like the way you described it it sounded like you know having little respect for others is like an individualistic kind of mindset where you only respect yourself or like you only care about those in your kind of i don't saying. think people respect themselves oh what what do you mean i think the lack of respect is just for everyone okay but people maybe respect people in power or, oh i see i see yeah and i don't Hard think it's deep. respect i think most people don't including myself didn't learn proper respect mm. in that environment it's right. just like you respect authority, but it's more so like, like formality. You obey. Oh, obeying. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. There's more obedience than respect. Yeah. Because Asian cultures value harmony. They value like community, and maybe obeying elders is part of that. I don't know. I guess respect does come. You do have to be like. It's kind of individualistic because. If you want to be respected as a person, then you have to put yourself in this like, oh, I'm an individual and you need to respect me. And then I will respect you as an individual. Mm. Interesting. Okay, uh, to put that part on the shelf, and this also leads to another thing I wanted to talk with you about. It's just like, I feel like I am adapting really well to the corporate work culture, but I wonder if it's a good thing. And what I mean is like, it's funny because um, my coworker, he gave me a endorsement on LinkedIn, okay. and the one word that he used is that she was assertive. Okay. I thought it was really funny because I thought if my previous coworker from my previous company read it, they're not gonna believe it. They're gonna be like, "No, that's not Coco." <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting how much like 
how I invent, reinvented myself in my new job just for four months compared to my previous job for a year and two. Oh, yeah. I feel like I really, I really learned a lot. Um, just like in, personally. Yeah. It's interesting because, cause, cause I told you before, it feels like a persona I'm putting up. Mm, yeah. But it's yeah. not going to be just completely cut off from who I am, right? It's still part of who I am. Fake it till you make it. I mean, the persona I'm creating becomes part of who I am, right? I absorb that into my personality. It's not just like completely separate from who I am. Yeah. And the rate at which it's changing, it's kind of alarming to me because I'm like, um, is this really who I want to be? Or ah, true, true. The reason I like how I'm changing, like I'm purposely changing it or being more assertive at work is because I know it's good for work. Mm-hmm. But it's just the thought, the feeling that the person I'm morphing into is very influenced by capitalism mm. or the corporate culture. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of ties back to the salary negotiation topic in my first episode. I heard a really good episode by Money Feels podcast on this topic. And the one argument that they made that I really liked is that they're saying how women in general are not as good at negotiating, but it's not the woman's fault. It's just that the way women like interact with people or like the way women present themselves, they're not advantageous in those situations. Yeah, or maybe negotiation plays too much on like male tactics, like male. Yeah, yeah, like the go-getter, like the like the masculine side of things. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean like this is who everyone should be or this is the right kind of person to be. Yeah. But in order to be successful in this world, you have to be those things. And it feels kind of like how I feel about that the work persona that I'm evolving into. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna, it's gonna be so drastic. Like I lose myself and I become like a greedy monster or whatever. But still the traits I'm picking up, how I interact with people, how I present myself. I just started wondering if it's good, I guess. Yeah, or if you, like, understand really who you're becoming. Or yeah. If... Actually, I'm really glad that at least you're recognize... you recognize this. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's good that you're... I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know how to quantify that. What I do feel like is a lot of people are changing mm-hmm. into, like, a corporate ideal worker. You know, they there's, like, certain things that come together as a package. Not mm-hmm. only are you, like... I don't know, I feel like it just all comes together. I feel like they don't realize that, and that's, like, a bit problematic. Because I think your, like, behaviors and actions also come with, like, values and beliefs. And mm-hmm. then if that changes, you don't really understand, mm-hmm. then people are, like, standing up for groundless things. Yeah. It's good that you're questioning it. <laughs> it's good that you're questioning it, for sure. Yeah, I'm not, like, worried or concerned about it. It's just, like, a curious thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the idea that like um, a lot of these traits are like masculine in a sense and yeah. to become successful you have to adopt them or become more masculine yeah then is that a good thing for your own identity as as a woman is it something that like is going to make people look down on like feminine traits yeah because yeah, they're yeah. not successful or, or if a lot of people who are defined as like you know doing well in society, they make a lot of money. And they do it because of these traits. It just reinforces the, like the belief that like Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that having these traits take away from my femininity, but I do worry that you don't have a choice. Like 
your true, authentic, or like unsocialized self will not be successful in this environment. You have to adapt, or you won't be successful. Like yeah. it's, it's the only way to be rich and successful. I hate it. <laughs> Dang. Do you feel like you're always gonna be faking it, or do you feel like what if you continue? I don't this? think I'm faking anything now. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, okay, no, you're already like, at that point. What do you mean? Like, what kind of things do you imagine I could be faking? Like, oh, I don't know. I guess you were assertive. saying like maybe being assertive, for example, like oh, okay. pretending that you're sure about something even though you're yeah. really not. I guess I always thought that I should be more assertive. Like, I guess I thought that that's what I should do. That's why I chose to do it,、mm-hmm. especially at work. Oh, you know about the things like、uh, the discussion we had about being unapologetic. Hmm. Yes. I guess I feel like I am the way I was. I was the way I was, not just because that was who I was truly, but also because of like how women are. Uh, in general, made to be less sure of themselves and stuff like that, you know.、Mm-hmm. So I feel like now it's a better balance. I don't think I've crossed the threshold to be like on the other side yet.、So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because you were talking about a lot of these business traits, corporate traits that are very like classically masculine, and then I was just thinking about masculine traits in general and how society defines them as successful and. How before I never like really thought about them being classified as like male or female. I just thought like okay, successful, is, yeah, confidence, <laughs> confidence is being yeah, successful, yeah, assertiveness, maybe a little bit of aggression, like、yeah. all these things. They are very typically like masculine, yeah, and now it makes me feel like one. <laughs> that's so unfair because like yeah, they make us repress things like being emotional or like whatever. When that's just like who we, who we are, who I am, especially, and the fact that like society doesn't place value in these traits is very very sad. I think like it means like you're not being fully valued for who you are. I feel like I have two unrelated directions I want to take. Let's hear what. <laughs> One is that what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, it's about being present. Like I feel like I'm more. Aware of being present this year too. Oh yes, that's definitely true. Like you mean for me or for for you to have realized this because we've talked about it in depth before. Can you remind me the context of that discussion? Um, I think you were talking about like some of your friends. Your friends. You didn't want to be close to them because having uh giving space. No, that's different. It's related though, right? It's kind of like... it is. It. I think it. It's like it develops around the same. Like time、mm-hmm. or environment, but I think it's different. It's just me, like being present. Okay, in like, whatever situation. You're yeah,、in. yeah. Like, for example, when we're just talking,、um, I catch myself occasionally thinking about, oh, we can do this tomorrow. Oh, I need to cancel my French class tomorrow. Oh, like, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah, and then like I, I stop that thought and I come back okay, because okay. if I do,、yes. I, I will actually not hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. This seems so simple and so intuitive, but I feel like I only really become aware of it more recently.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I get into this like self awareness, self improvement phase of my life, you hear these terms like "all、oh, being present" and、mm-hmm. stuff, but you just I just didn't know what it means. Right. Yeah. Like I know what it means, but I don't know what it's like in me. Yeah. And now, if my thoughts drift away, I understand now. Oh, that's what's happened. Like. The saying that goes something like 
oh, there's the past, the present, the future.、Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that when I'm not present, my thoughts are either in the future or in the past. Like、mm-hmm. I remember something happening in the past, or I remember something that happened in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess all these things I'm, I like to share with you, like saying, "Oh, this is so interesting." It's just like I'm gaining new perspective, where it's like I'm seeing a world in a new way.、Mm. Like, oh, this is how it works, or this is how a lot of people have been living, and I didn't know that. Yeah, but that's not to say that I know how to be present all the time. It's just I'm more aware of、You're、it. Aware of yeah, it. actually, it's a good way to realize it, or like the thing you said. You said you realized it when you were thinking about, "Oh, I have." Maybe we can do this tomorrow, or、like mm-hmm. I need to do this at this time.、Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe the key words. Like, I'm just saying this to myself because、uh-huh. I also want to be more in the present.、Uh-huh. That's something I've like written down before that、uh-huh. I wanted to do、uh, because I've always felt like time went by so fast and like、uh-huh. what happened, you know. So it seems to me like a good tip is if you catch these keywords, anything related to、mm-hmm. time、mm-hmm. other than right now,、mm-hmm. that means you're not in the present、mm-hmm. because you're thinking about something like another time. Yeah. Okay. And it's so hard because even when you're having conversations and you get inspired by what each other is saying, and then you want, oh, I want to remember this, so I can say it later.、Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is related to the concept of giving space because if you're not present, then you're thinking about what will I say in response、mm. after they're done talking.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, this always reminds me of the movie Arrival. I yeah, love because, I love that story. Yeah, I love that movie too. It just makes me realize how、uh, sequential things are. Yeah, how linear we are. Like we see things linearly, and it's a chronological order. It's always aligned from the past to the future.、Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have to be the only way. But that's how we see it. You know,、mm. it's like we're so dumb that we're so two dimensional in this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our brains are not forty、yeah. enough or whatever. <laughs> well, maybe we are, but. I've heard arguments saying like some "quote unquote" enlightened people or like spiritual, spiritually aware people they they are able to like tap into their past or tap into their future.、Mm-hmm. But maybe this is just how the system works in a linear way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's so important. Because、yeah, because if you're in the past or in the future, you miss the present. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's like you're not living. That's how I felt for so long, especially during COVID, and during school. You feel like you just oh, I'm so like worried about next week's exam. I'm so worried、mm-hmm, about like、mm-hmm. this thing in the future that you're always just doing that.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're, you know you're talking about how you're like sometimes you're stressed and then you don't do anything all day. Yes, I think that's. Also, a good place to practice being present because if you're just being unproductive, you can still be present in that moment. That's true. Just like be there and not worry about what I'm gonna do、mm. after this. I'm gonna have to work even harder to make up. But just like tune into the laziness, <laughs> then you can pass it. Yeah. You talked about like how buying the things you don't need. It reminds me of.、Um, I also heard it on Money Feels podcast, and I've been thinking a lot about it.、Uh, one thing that one of the co-hosts said is that basically everything she buys, unless it's food that she can eat, is going to end up in the landfill one day. Yeah, and then that just really 
gives her the perspective of do I really need this? Yeah. Like, is it worth the buying and like having it for a while? And it also um, relates to my ceramic stuff. Mm-hmm. When I first got started, I was so excited and I was making stuff that I thought, oh, this is so cute and so interesting. But some pieces that didn't turn out great or I lost interest in them, it also makes me feel like every piece I make is going to end up in a landfill one day. How once the clay is fired, it's not easily like recycled into the part of the Earth ecosystem mm-hmm. because a piece of ceramic, you can it can stay the same for like thousands of years or however long. Interesting. So it's just like every piece I make, do I am I really sure I want to like bring it to life and it will be in here for so long in the world for so long. Mm. Wow, that's an extreme that I've never really considered. Because I think you always place more value in things that you make than that you buy. But well, I realistically, know. I'm not using any everything I make. Like, what am I going to do with them? If I'm that's not true. using them or giving them away or selling them, then, then I'm just like, I just made them and they're there and I don't do anything with them anymore. I guess it depends on how you see them. Like, you could see them as like, oh, I'm trying to make like maybe some cups because cups are good for drinking even though I have tons of cups like mm-hmm. it's still like a thing that you can use but mm-hmm. I won't use or you could be like you know this is my art like I this is like my therapy time I when I did this I was like getting rid of a lot of emotions mm-hmm. or like oh I really want to experiment with these colors because they make me feel a certain way so if you see it like that then you know you can also like make a painting but you're not going to be like oh why am I making a painting it's just going to mm-hmm. go in the landfill like in whatever 100 years if you're making something that's like that's different that's part of your self-expression that's like art you know it's just mm-hmm. different from consuming that makes sense. otherwise I think it's more so the things I make just because I saw someone else made it and I thought it's cool and I want to have a piece too mm-hmm. yeah you know how my mom made those like like the slipper mm-hmm. I think when I was a kid I would have been very embarrassed that she would do this mm-hmm. because I think that like oh we're so poor that we can't even afford new slippers and like they obviously look kind of crude you know mm. but now i'm like very happy that she's doing this i think i i share this with her where we get a sense of fulfillment just from making things and using resources to the best mm-hmm. of their ability like i asked her why she's doing that she's like you know you know we've held on to this fabric for so long and i mm-hmm. just can't like throw it away i want to like do something with it and like in china it's like cultural to take something and use it to its full mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. like taking a pig and eating every part of it for example mm-hmm. So I thought it was very nice. I think it's like mm-hmm. kind of symbolic of it. Doing. It's something like I would see you do too. Like, yeah, no, totally. Me and my mom share that. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many ideas of things that I want to like repurpose. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to continue. Yeah.